back-to-back guests, boys. Unbelievable scenes for Silly Point. We're now the third biggest cricket podcast in Spain, I believe. <laughs> we're really treating ourselves, aren't we? It's not bad, is it? I think we're ahead of um, Graham Swan now, Graham Swan's podcast. So we're going global. We are bigger than Graham Swan in Spain, and we're only going to get bigger this week as we have another guest. Uh, we're welcoming Dean Ahmed onto the show today. Um, not only was he on The Apprentice reaching week 10, he's also the chief of Fine Edge Cricket, an agency that has represented players such as Ravi Bhopara, Babra Zam, Dan Lawrence, Safraz Ahmed, Samit Patel and Wayne Parnell. Dean, how are we doing? Yeah. Hey, good. Thanks, lads. Thanks for having me. And uh, I've enjoyed the couple episodes so far. I've, I've given them a listen, so nice work, boys. You've done, a, you've done maybe a bit more research than Jake Dernbach did then. Um, so, obviously, it would only make sense to start with the return of cricket. How did you find having cricket back on the TV again? Good to be back? Yeah, good. Unbelievable. It's, um, it's obviously been a very, very long time. and Obviously, football's been back for a while now, so it was good to finally get cricket back on our screens. Obviously, probably not the result we wanted, but, you know, we'll take it, I reckon, at, at this rate and given the current climate. So, not very, very good. Yeah, definitely. And what did you make of uh, the England selection, leaving out broad? Something you would have done? Um, look, it, that was a very bold call, right? Um, pro- probably not something I would have done, but you know, we've made that decision. Um, and obviously, right, wrongfully, probably wrongfully given the result, but um, I'm sure we'll see some changes going forward. And, you know, it was obviously interesting to watch as, as a whole. Yeah. And obviously, you've got contacts sort of in, in and around the bubble at the moment. Are you getting any feedback about what it's like to be in that sort of biosecure bubble? Yeah, yeah. Look, obviously, Dan's over there. Um, in that squad, I think he's enjoying it. It's all obviously pretty much new to everyone. I think everyone's in the same boat. Um, obviously, very different, very weird, but you know, it's a situation. And obviously, I think they used to be, and to be fair, cricket, uh, Pakistan cricket board obviously will come here later on. And West Indies right now have all obviously done pretty well and sort of ran the applause to them all, really, I'd say, because to get that all sorted, um, given what was happening and whatnot, was sort of a big achievement. So, hats off to them. Yeah, serious effort indeed from all involved. Matt, where are you? So, um, my, my question is more focusing on your cricketing career and cricketing ability. So, do you play a lot yourself and uh, are you any good? I know Jabsy's played you played with you before. So, I was wondering, uh, yeah, how do you rate your own cricketing? Me and him, uh, I'm pretty sure we've played in Barbados together. We've played, yeah. you know, played a fair bit of cricket. Um, so, yeah, no, no, I don't really play much Exactly, mate. Exactly. Um, but used to play obviously back in the day during school and stuff. I was all right. Um, played a bit of the first team for Brentwood. Uh, enjoyed it, and I'm probably not going to brag about about my skills, but um, you know we'll take them. What was your role in the team? Were you were you a bowler, all rounder, batsman? Uh, to be fair, I think um, James will probably agree with me. Probably, I think by the end of uh, school, I was batting about three or four, which was good fun. Probably not lasting as long as I liked, but um, you know they all. Um, Powerhouse top order, that's what I remember. So, yeah, I'll take that. That's pretty uh, <laughs> complimentary. Powerhouse top order, I'll take that. My, me- my memory might be a bit faded, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like a bit of a glowing reference from, from Jabsy there. Uh, I'll take that. Struggling in Barbados pretty badly. I don't think I scored a one. I literally averaged about three the whole trip. But yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's more than old Ridge average when he went to Barbados. So you can take that. <laughs> I actually um, didn't bat in Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm, I'm about 700 pounds a ball on tour. 
I've, I've been, yeah, I've been on two tours and I've scored zero international runs. <laughs> so if if we move slightly sort of past your past your school cricket career, what made what motivated you to start fine edge cricket? Um, always been very entrepreneurial. Uh, loved obviously cricket, but but sport in general. Um, I was 15, I sort of started something slightly different, same brand name, but it was like a sort of um, basically a cricket brand that sort of slowly evolved and I left that and sort of took the agency world. Um, got pretty lucky in that. I just sort of networked and really just badgered people as a 15, 16 year old, as a naive young lad as, as you would. Um, and look, luckily sort of just got someone's number, entered him into this draft. Obviously PSL1 was going on at the time. Um, Ian Pont, obviously based in Essex as well, managed to get him a deal. Um, flew out there. That was uh, KP's franchise, Quetta Gladiators, who I'm pretty close with now. Um, and sort of just got that deal through the line. And obviously, ever since then, not really looked back, networked. And in the last two, three years, obviously, thankfully, got some clients, um, some big international boys, and sort of just gone from there, really. Yeah. So I, I play I play at the same club as Ian Pont in Essex at Housted. What do you, what do yeah, you think, yeah. What do you think of his budding rock career? I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, he sent me that over. Um, I actually, surprisingly, thought that first year, I can't remember what it was called, but I thought it had a pretty good voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it got whacked on the group. A lot of good reviews. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. But Pony's a good lad. And um, if you look at the track record, he's done very, very well. Um, he's done a few bits together. and um, He's obviously got a big and uh, solid cricket brain. Uh, before we carry on, I just want to say it's quite unnerving having so many people from Essex in this in this call. Everyone seems to know everyone. <laughs> True. I mean, it's a weird uh, dilemma. I feel like that happens in Essex, doesn't it? All yeah, the time. definitely. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, so, Dean, what does your average day look like, especially sort of in and around times of drafts and sort of when the cricket season over here kicks off? What's your average day sort of look like? Yeah, um, I'd say firstly, it's not just when the cricket season obviously over here. A lot of our boys now are playing around the world. So, you know, out in the winter, preparing for you know, IPL drafts, CPL stuff, which obviously just happened, uh, and bits and bobs like that. But in terms of the typical day, it is very, very much um, inconsistent in that one day I'll be busy on the phone all day, the next day I'll be on my doing emails, speaking to franchises, pitching players, maybe putting sort of decks together or footage um, and then just sort of speaking to coaches and maybe sometimes league organisers just to make sure um, our players or coaches, whoever they are, do get picked up uh, and obviously at the right prices and stuff like that. And then obviously, you know, sometimes a lot of the work is out there abroad. So a couple of months ago, we were uh, obviously PSL, Pakistan Super League, which got called off halfway through. Uh, me, Rav, Moin, a few of the other boys were all there, to be honest. Um, and it's very laid back, it's very chilled. You know, me almost having dinner with clients and whatnot, stuff like that, around the golf course, whatever it is. Um, it's all sort of part of the, the working environment. Um, but yeah, look, it's good. It's good to be around franchise cricket. It's good to be around cricket as a whole. Uh, and obviously from our business perspective, in terms of the way we want to go or the way I want the business to, to stand in three, four, five years' time is very much to have, you know, fingers crossed, the, the next British core, um, of you know the next Butlers, the next Stokes, etc., and hopefully, obviously, someone like Dan is is the start of that. So, so yeah, yeah. And then, so you mentioned earlier, sort of getting getting gigs for coaches as well. How does it differ in sort of that process when you're talking with and dealing with players, and when you're also dealing with coaches? Yeah, generally, um, 
let's take, for example, the Euro T20 last year, which unfortunately got called off. This is an example. Um, there were, what, six teams, and obviously all the franchise owners we were in contact with, and we knew a lot of them from previous tournaments and stuff. Pitched our clients, managed to get out of the six. We had two of our boys into one was Herschel Gibbs, and one was uh, Pont. And, you know, essentially, obviously, then we have a fairly good say in, that, in those two teams. And um, obviously, on the draft day, obviously, that was probably one of the better ones for us. We had a lot of boys in there. We had Ravu was in there, Mohamed Nawaz, Samit, uh, even Trigo, um, a few other boys, uh, which was which was a good day for us, I think. And you mentioned sort of European cricket there in the Euro 20 and how that unfortunately got mm. What do you make of the future for European cricket? Yeah, look, I think even in, in cricket in general, it's very, very uncertain times. Um, even speaking to our lads every day, uh, even to people in the game who want to know what the situations are. You know, you look, to, you look at the last 18 months, right, and you can literally count very easily which leagues and which tournaments have been called off. And, you know, for us as fans, it might not be the end of the world, but obviously as players, these are their livelihoods they're, they're sort of counting on. So, you, you know, off the top of my head, you've got the... 20, you've got the, there's a league between Dubai, the APL, all these sort of leagues which happen once, maybe never happen, whatever it is, they get called off. And obviously, you know, in terms of player welfare and stuff like that, it's obviously it's pretty detrimental. But, you know, it's what it is. Uh, it is sorry, it is what it is. Um, and obviously, with Corona, where we are right now, you know, there's only so much we can do. And obviously, at the same time, we've got to understand the sort of more important things than, uh, than cricket, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. Although, hopefully, we'll all be uh, only thinking about cricket soon. Yeah. Um, Dean, sure. uh, we were wondering sort of uh, what, if you could describe to us what it was like being at the 100 draft and sort of how this compares um, the Afghan league and PSL. Um, great question. Um, you know what, obviously, look, the 100 is something so, so different. And if you talk about it from the cricket sense, firstly, it is a bit confusing. Um, but it is what it is. And when, in terms of the draft and stuff, it was, it's pretty crazy. I think a lot of people, I don't know how you boys found it. A lot of people complaining about the time and the length of it and stuff like that. But to be honest, the, the reality is, is that, that all drafts are always going to be like that. It's sort of inevitable. And to be honest, I thought ECB and Sky Sports both did a pretty unbelievable job. Um, the way they produced it, I found it pretty interesting to watch. Obviously, I was there, but um, just seeing the player reactions. And I remember one clip where, I don't know if you boys remember where, I think Andre Russell was... Butler was... <laughs> Russell was sort of on his phone. The, the clip went to him. Someone in his team has been picked. I think it was Northern Rockets or whatever it is. And he's just sitting down on his phone and he, you know, it looks awful, basically. But <laughs> yeah, for, for first year, fair play to him. And I thought it was um, pretty well produced. Okay, good. Brilliant. Leading on from what you said a bit earlier about the future of your agency, have you considered moving into other sports or like different different locations around the world, like new geographies, anything like that? Yeah, look, our agency... At the moment, we we work pretty much across the world, whether it's South Africa, Pakistan, obviously a lot of our clients are from, um, et cetera, et cetera. In terms of other sports, definitely something we're looking into. Um, pretty, pretty relevant, even you know, in terms of the last few weeks, something in the pipeline and whatnot. But just waiting for the right moment, really. Um, obviously, I've been doing this cricket stuff for about four, five, six years now, which which is quite a while. So hopefully, you know, we, we're happy where we are. We want to keep pushing um, and obviously continue to sign more, more clients. Obviously, Dan, I'm sure we'll go into... Is, is at the forefront of that. Is obviously an exciting talent, you know, not just for us, but for, for as English cricket fans. Um, so, so, yeah. Almost almost right on cue there. I'm going to ask, how big a summer could this be for Dan Lawrence? Yeah, look, um, I think he's shown as the sort of perfect example of 
the next batch of English youngsters. Um, he obviously made, I think he's always been incredibly talented and had a great reputation. Um, I think obviously given his technical changes last year, he's obviously excelled over there in the Lions. Um, I thought his results were you know, sort of phenomenal with both ball and bat. Um, and obviously, you know, fingers crossed, I'm sure his time will come. So fingers crossed it's sort of sooner rather than later, which I'm sure it will be. Um, and obviously it's all down, down to him and I think we're very confident in that. Hopefully he does well, he executes his skills well and um, without giving away too much, I think hopefully we'll be seeing more of Dan also around the world um, in sort of the franchise league system as well. Nice. <laughs> Keep an eye out for that then. The exclusives just keep coming on the, on silly point, don't they? What about <laughs> Bora? So obviously, he's he's uh, um, sort of entering a new phase of his career. Uh, sadly, it's Sussex for us Essex fans, at least. But what do you make of his future? Is he going to be solely T Twenty cricket now, or is he going to keep keep the Red Bull stuff going? Yeah, I think yeah. Um, Rav released quite an interesting article at the time when he made that Sussex movie, he's pretty clear in what he wants. Um, it's definitely a greater emphasis on the white ball side of it. Um, obviously, with this season, how it's all going to plan out, it'll be interesting. But yeah, no, I think it'll be obviously the white, white ball side of it. Uh, and obviously, look, Rav's stats speak for themselves. I mean, what, a, you know, especially as us Essex fans, most of us at least, uh, what a summer it was. I mean, I was there at finals day and I don't think it could have been written any better, especially from where Essex were. Originally, I don't know if you boys remember, but I think they were like bottom of the table. I was reading somewhere they needed 16 results to go their way to get through, and all 16 had gone get sort of gone their way. Um, and then obviously to do it in the quarters, I think up uh, up north, and then obviously on finals day was was just brilliant. I think. And so and the other thing is obviously so happy for someone like Rav to sort of end his Essex career on on such a high. Yeah, for sure. So congratulations, you've survived sort of the main net. You know you. You've nudged and nerdled your way around. The coach has stuck you at the end. 15 minutes with a bud. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, yeah, there's going to be some wanged into the side net here, as well as a few OK dibbly dobblers. Oh. The spud net cricketer himself was going to be starting, but Chandy, I think you've got the first question now. Um, we've got a quick question from Harry. Are there any young stars in English cricket that you've got your eye on? It's a great question. Um, obviously, there can be in the forefront is, is probably now more of the in the ready sort of group about to play for England. Um, Tom Cadmore has done pretty well in terms of the white ball side of stuff. Uh, he's probably one to watch out for. And thinking a bit further down the line, someone like um, is it is it sort of almost like a hidden gem? I think um, I don't know if many know of him, but he's at North Ants, more of a red ball player for now. His name is. Uh, Nick Nico Gay. Um, he is an absolute sort of. He's just got a bit of fieryness about him. Top of the order. Uh, yet to make his first class debut. Um, full name Emilio Gay, and sort of someone to watch out for for sure. And the other one I like is Delray Rawlins at Sussex. A bit of yeah, flair. Probably good. hasn't probably hasn't proven it yet. And hasn't had the opportunity. Not his fault. But I'm sure his time will come. Uh, and obviously, someone definitely to watch out for. But yeah, Emilio Gay and uh, Delray Rawlins. Brilliant, brilliant. Going to the complete opposite end of the spectrum to your time on The Apprentice, one of my friends um, asked, wanted me to ask, is Alan Sugar a boomer? A boomer? <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't say it. A lot of people ask me what's he like and stuff. I think he's exactly like how he comes across on TV. Really? Um, he is that sort of stern character. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's got £250,000 where you know, 
real money going into a real business and so he's obviously going to be stern about it yes it's a tv show and you know it's all very theatrical and stuff like that but you know it's always going to be like that to as a tv show to keep people entertained brilliant so uh, linking on from that obviously alan sugar is a very well-dressed man always looking sharp in his suit on the apprentice another well-dressed man is peter trigo so jeed wants to know how many bespoke blazers does peter trigo have <laughs> you know what Drigo is a very very suave individual um the beard everything like that the whole look i think it suits him down to the tea so i don't know off the top of my head how many but i'm sure there's probably double figures in there somewhere <laughs> um another another really rogue question how do we get ourselves a pint with tom skinner <laughs> <laughs> um, again, another Essex lad, so that shouldn't be too hard to arrange. Um, another Apprentice-related question. Uh, the Bridge Cafe, um, obviously a fine establishment. What is your go-to order at the Bridge Cafe? So, funny enough, if you uh, Google my name in the Bridge Cafe, I left a funny review once. It's worth a read. Um, but essentially, I mean, you literally go in there, to be honest, there's no line about it. And they give you a cold coffee, which is absolutely disgusting. Tea or coffee, probably undrinkable. I don't know what's in it. Um, so, yeah, I'd rather avoid it than, than <laughs> try anything. No, okay. I very, even, very, yeah. very, poor tri- very poor trip advisor of you there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we were also wondering what the uh, what's the strangest thing you've done for a player as an agent? Is there anything? Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good question. Strangest thing, I don't know. Um, got to keep it PG, obviously. Um, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Uh, strangest thing, I don't know. Look, I mean, our service is generally 360 services, so you know, we've been up at what well, I say, we I've been up at you know, three in the morning booking someone's little one's flight to Dubai to fly them out, bits and bobs like that, or you know, just random stuff, stuff like that. Sure Nothing too sure strange. There's still time for something weird to come up, so <laughs> we'll catch up yeah. a few years down the line. Um, okay, Mahir, have you got the next question? That's a question for you, basically, Jabzi. Can you get yeah. Jabzi a, a contract in, in the Singapore Premier League? <laughs> Singapore, that's a new one, I'm sure. I can send, um, I can send you some footage of me trundling in, and then you can make your decision then, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, from what I remember, I'm, I'm sure that shouldn't be too hard to, to land you a gig, mate. So, all good. I've got quite, yeah. quite a weird question for you now that we uh, asked for asked to Durham back. Um, so, if you were fully padded and armed with a long-handled bat, how many waves of timber bavumas do you think you could survive if they came at you in waves of three? Wow. Um, <laughs> 20 odd? 20, 25? 20, 25 <laughs> waves. Oh, that's a lot of timber. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, but no, I reckon good 25. I'll play to uh, to 50 for sure. Oh, very wow. Well. Yeah, wow. I reckon Jade, Jade said he got uh, he'd get bored after three or four, but um, clear, clearly, clearly not a batsman's mindset. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's different. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You've got to prove it. You've definitely gone straight to the top of the uh, the guest leaderboard on ability to scrap Temba Bavuma. <laughs> finally just before we wrap up quite a lot of the listeners who managed to respond to um when we asked the questions they kind of wanted tips and sort of ways that they can also get into the field that you're in at the moment are there any sort of tips that you'd advise sort of young people to to look out for if they want to get into the agency space 
No, for sure. Um, especially the, uh, at our age, I think we've got a big opportunity in that you can literally work for free, get experience, do as much as you can. Network, LinkedIn is an incredible platform and we undervalue that sometimes. That's where obviously I've, I've sort of started from. Um, and just generally, yeah, work for free, get as much experience, make as much sort of contact, do the little things, the one percenters and, and sort of one day it'll all add up and hopefully something will come of it. Yeah, sounds perfect. I'm sure the, sure the people that got in touch will, uh, will definitely start putting that into practice. Any Anyone else got any final questions? No, no. I'm still a bit shook from the amount of timber baboomers that are going to get scrapped. Who do we reckon um, is going to be in the squad for the next, or the 11, sorry, for the next game? Ooh. Oh, Ooh. get Denny out, surely. It's, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Say, as, yeah. as much as it breaks our hearts. I saw something the other day. Uh, apparently, Mark Wood has like the third worst bowling average out of everyone who's bowled a thousand balls out of every England bowler ever. I'm sure one of those was Wally Hammond. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wally Hammond is actually quite a decent um, all rounder. He bowls some quite decent meadows, I think. I'd be expecting Broad to come in for him. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Plus, more out of fitness reasons because it's a very intense schedule reset at the moment. So, I think Mark Wood's one of, one of those people that he's really proud after. Yeah, for sure. I think I think we might see Wood and Archer back again in the last test when Anderson perhaps gets a rotation, but I think it'll be broad for sure. Wood now. What, what would you be doing if you were in charge of that that test team? Dan Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I thought Crawley played very well uh, in what was it the second innings where I thought we showed a bit of fight. Um, we haven't really seen too much of that from him so far. So fair play to him. Um, so I think it would probably be that. Straight swap for Denley and, and Root, and then you'd have to probably bring Broad in for one of them. Um, I don't know who, but one of the quicks, depending on on how they are fit, how they're all feeling and whatnot. So I leave that the tricky decisions to them. Yeah. Would you be able? Would you be able to drop Anson in this test for Broad potentially? Big calls, big calls. Um, <laughs> pretty happy. I'm not going to have to make them, but I don't know. Look, Anson and Broad have both done a lot. Maybe then you're looking at dropping one of hard to drop, but maybe Mark Wood or someone like that. I, d I don't know. But um, as long as uh, TFS isn't playing for West Indies after those crazy, crazy, <laughs> um, I think hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we'll be able to call this one back one one at least. Yeah. yeah. So big tough decisions. If you could represent one player on the global circuit you don't currently rep represent, who would you pick? It's a great question, that. Oh, I am yeah. available to let you know, Dean. You can recommend <laughs> me. Yeah, is Jabez available, actually? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it depends if you gave him that gig no. in the Singapore Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, there's a lot of talent out there. You'd probably look maybe someone who's... Uh, Obviously, look, Ben Folks is, as a, as a proud English fan, is probably the pinnacle. He's done, done so much, and obviously, in all three formats as well, so... Someone like Ben Stokes will leave that doubt. Um, hopefully the next one will leave it up with us. Gone. What about like a, a Shahid Afridi or someone like that? Like a proper global franchise gun? Yeah, yeah. Afridi is a is a gun. He's a big character. He's coming probably towards the end of his career. But um, Afridi, yeah, big character. And obviously to be fair, he's still producing results with, with leggings. He's probably not hitting as many sixes as, as he probably likes. But um, yeah, someone 
Well, that would be great. Or I, I know Fee pretty well. Um, I'm just thinking about the other boys. A lot of them have a lot of expected about him. So one of them. Green Charles, the other one, I reckon. Um, watch out for him in the upcoming series with Pakistan. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. Brilliant. Wicked, boys. Thank well, you very much. As, as, as we coming up, as with the back interview, I'm, I, th- I think we're all sort of expecting you to uh, to leave after the Temba Bavuma question. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, all a bit of bonus after that. You're you're well and truly top of that leaderboard as well for the time being, at least. Let's uh, let's keep it that way as well. That we'll get the graphic. <laughs> nice. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been a great insight. Class, yeah. Um, a side of nice. cricket that's maybe not usually seen. Um, yeah, I think that's a really important thing. Right, right. Cheers, boys. Good Cheers, Dean Ahmed there, providing us with some insight into the back rooms of sport, informing us how business gets conducted at the highest level of cricket. We really thank him for coming on um, and hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. We'll be back to talk about the first test and preview the second test soon. Cheers.